All right, what's going on? This is uh, StoochCast episode 147, Protector of the Ends, and I got a very special guest with me today, my pal, friend, comedian, Matt Light. Hey, man, thanks for having me. Yeah, man, no problem. It's, you know, so I was, uh, how's the week? I recently saw that you were in uh, New York City. Yeah, I was in New York. I actually filmed an episode. I was in Stanford at first. I filmed an episode of Judge Jerry. So it's like Jerry Springer, but like now it's like a judge show, like Judge Judy. And uh, yeah, we, we shot an episode and I think it was really funny, dude. Like we, I had, it was a point where like I was so nervous because like when you do something like that, it's like doing stand-up, you've done the same thing so many times. Yeah. But this is just like a whole different ballpark. You kind of know like what you're supposed to do, but you're like thrown to the wolves and I'm just like, ah. But it was, my goal was to make Springer break, like break character. And I had him and the bailiff fucking dying. And once I knew, like, they were, like, rolling with it, I was like, all right, we'll be good. So, yeah, it's coming out, hopefully, um, the end of the year. So, yeah, season three. I don't know what it's on. NBC, syndicated, so it'll probably be on some shitty station at 3.30 that we'll never see. But it's there. <laughs> There's some, isn't there like a show? There's like something else with Jerry Spr- It's Was it called Baggage? You ever see that show? No. That's that? like one of those shows. That it's on late night, like 2.30 in the morning. Oh, like it's a like cheater just, show? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, what's your baggage? And it's just something like, everyone has like something weird or goofy. Like one person's like, I don't know, I do whippets or something like that. Oh, okay. Have you ever done whippets? Yeah, like twice. But I, now that's like a running bit. Yeah. yeah it's kind of... You know, you do something once, you're like, oh yeah, I've done it all the yeah. time, you know what I mean? I did it one time because I was 17 and didn't know what it would do to you. Yeah. It's the only drug they say that actually you lose brain cells from. Yeah. So I don't think I should be doing that again. Yeah, same here. But it was fun. It was, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. You know, all things considered. So, now like, you've done comedy in this city uh-huh. for a while. Yeah. Way too long. Way too long. Way too long. How many years? That's all. I question. think it's thirteen. Thirteen. I'm not sure. I was. So, I think so because I was. I started. When I think when I was 19 years old, and I'm 32 now, so that would be 13. I didn't probably take it serious until like three or four years after the fact of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been doing it for a while. I've seen people come and go. I've seen people move uh, and do very well. I've seen people that you think have all the potential in the world, and then they just go. I don't want to do this anymore. And it's like, oh, shit. And then there's people like me who's like Mickey Rourke and the wrestler who just doesn't know when to hang it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like, I mean, I've only, I've done it for like since, what, October 18th. And like the whole COVID year kind of like takes a year out yeah. of everything. So it's really been kind of like the first two, three years. And still it's just, I feel like I could go and do like five minutes, you know what I mean? Something like that, but. That you're trying to do like 15 like longer sets like I watch that like doing an hour just seemed like a superpower <laughs> like I'm like I'm just like how is this still yeah going? I mean it's really hard too is when there's when there's not that many mics anymore to work on your stuff you know what I mean so you're working on the same five you're trying to craft it you know when you yeah. first start you think you should be doing a new five every yeah. time you go there and you're like oh wait a minute none of these fives are good yeah like, let's work on one yeah you know I'm like yeah it's just that and then like working on like other shit but then do you really want to bring it into like your main thing because yeah. it's like you want the stuff that like works you know? so well you know one of the things that helped me grow and, I, and I've abandoned it for a little bit because I got really comfortable but like Ray Zawadi and I used to do something where I was like doesn't matter no matter how much time we have in the middle we're gonna pad stuff because every night is practice even if it's a big show yeah. as long as you've been booked there before and they trust you do it why not like what's the worst case scenario they don't laugh yeah. Then do something funny right after that. But I always find a way, like, I'm like, if I'm doing something new, you don't open with it. You know what I mean? You don't close with it. You just pat it. You know what I mean? So that, like, if it doesn't work, you have plenty of time to rebound from it. And the crowd already likes you from your previous stuff. Yeah. It's just like getting them on their side at the beginning and yeah. basically closing strong. They already like you. Yeah. yeah. It's like being it's- an... It's like when you're a known comedian already. Like, you know, like, let's say you're going to see Dave Chappelle. No, Dave Chappelle doesn't need any of this. But, like, when you go to see him, you already like him. Yeah, like, he goes up there. He could just 
say almost anything right off the bat. And it's funny. And it's funny. You're just like... Right. Because it's like you know the guy. It's like your pal. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like a pal you know that walks in and smirking. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, this fucker. And like, so that starts first, making you laugh. Yeah, that first like 25% of your set, it should be really like, hey, this is me. This is... And I'm going to take you on the Matt Light experience or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And so that's, that's kind of just how I've approached it. Yeah. It's like a lot of the, uh, the crowd work thing is something else that's like I'm trying to like get into a little bit mm-hmm. more. I've seen like your crowd work and stuff on stage. Really yeah. Just, you know. For me, it's like, it. yeah. I, I started to do it once I knew that I, I had the time to do it. Because I feel like if, if you are at a point where you're just starting the feature, I don't, I didn't do it only because I felt like I needed to show that I can actually do material. Because yeah. if that crowd work doesn't work, then what? Yeah. You know exactly. what I mean? I've read that. I've heard that it's like it's a thing for the headliner to do the crowd work. Like it's kind of like they're kind in, of in a way. Yeah. Well, here's here's so there's like so my buddy Ian Bag like he does crowd work a lot and he is the best in the world at it. I don't care what anybody says, by far the best. Um, he just said, "Hey man," he's like, "Do you do crowd work?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "I'm not going to stop you from doing it if you want to do it, but like it's like I do it on stage and then so like." If it is something that you do, then we just won't do the next weekend with each other. You know what I mean? But I would never stop you from doing what you do. Yeah. And that made a lot of sense to me. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, hey, listen, like, because Ian would do it as a middle. And he would crush and do so well that, like, he fucking catapulted into being a headliner because he was so good at it. But, I mean, here's the thing. As a headliner, you you, want to listen to what they say. But if they don't tell you not to do it, then just do it. Why sell yourself short and the audience short? Like, your goal is to give them what they paid for. Yeah, just give you know them what like I mean? all-out experience. Yeah, yeah like, like fuck, fuck that person. Like, if the headliner gets mad afterwards, then, then tell me. Or, or give me rules beforehand. But if not, this is my show. And I get it's your show, but I'm also showcasing in front of, you know, three, four hundred people that I've never met before. Yeah. And so I'm not going to tone it down just so that... You get the shine. They're already there to see you. Yeah. You know, I want to be the person you drive home talking about. Yeah. I remember that just like seeing like with bands like, what was this band? I remember going to see Red Hot Chili Peppers at, uh, what was it? Used to be Consol, what, PBG Paints? Is yeah. PBG Paints anymore? Probably not. No, they change, it's kind of like Star, Star Lake. Yeah, it's always changing yeah. names, you know? And there was this uh, band, they were called like Little Dragon. That opened for Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay. All the answers were just kind of like, ah, these guys, these guys suck. Meanwhile, like, they're super talented. You go read, like, their critical reviews and stuff like that. It's, like, really well. And yeah. It's just, like, a diff- it was kind of a different audience. Yeah, you know I mean? sure. Like, some bands are just meant for different audiences. So it's something like that, like, when you're opening or headline, like, you're going to have, like, off nights as, like, yeah. an opening act or something like that. And then you're headlining, it's kind of like, you're the the big dog. Well, and that's the thing too is uh, I know like with a lot of comedians, they they like to have an act in the middle that is different than them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I know like a lot of black comics want to have a white host just so that their material doesn't interlock. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, you're not going to talk about what I'm talking about. This will be fine. You're not going to mix up material. Um, Because I've also seen that in situations where people will be doing a show and then the headliner is like, hey man, I got like jokes about that too. So shut the fuck up. Yeah. Then you have to adapt, and then that's fine. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, if I'm not if I'm not told anything about my act, I'm not changing it. Yeah. And if you can't follow it, then you shouldn't be making way more money than me. Boom. There you you go. know what I mean? That's what's up. That's what it's all about. So uh, what else? What else is going on? They got like the Steelers. Oh the Hall man, of Fame. it was great. Troy Cower. Man, did you watch those speeches? I cried. I saw, I saw clips. I saw. I watched Troy's. It was a 10-minute clip. Uh, I just He was so grateful and thankful to be a part of this city. And, and it was like, he's the last. Like, that that Steelers team is the last Steelers team. I was team. thinking from, like, 04 to, like, 2010. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking that on the right. I was like, yeah, like, all those guys, just a guy like, um, you know, just Aaron Smith. You know, James Ferrier. Just Brett Kiesel, yeah. Yeah, just quiet. Like, Blue-collar players. They just shut up and were great. They were always good. And that's what, like, Troy's You couldn't run the ball about. on guys. Like, Casey no. Hampton, you couldn't move those guys. And they just, yeah, yeah. 
we're winning 6-3. Like, fuck you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, the, the game looked boring, but to Pittsburgh fans, we were like, no, we want seven sacks a game. Three yeah. turnovers, and Ben can have two completions, you know, and we don't give a shit. And the, yeah, two touchdowns, three picks. Yeah, <laughs> and the bus has, you know what I mean? What's he got, like 34? Three yards Yeah, 34 pass or rush attempts for 14 yards. Like, we don't care. Like, that was... That was the last, and he mentions it. He's like, hey, listen, like, the, you know, it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about winning. It wasn't about anything but this brotherhood. And he's like, when you put on the black and gold, it's armor. It's you want to protect that. You want to protect yourselves. You want to protect your brothers from themselves. And, and like, dude, I'm sitting there ready to shoot up heroin and run through a wall. Like, I was like, let's go, you know. And then I look at our team now, and we're just – Doing fucking TikTok videos. I'm like, these guys just don't. Yeah. And it's a different time. I get it. They want to protect their brand. They want to protect their injuries. But you know what? At the end of the day, man, when you look at champions, you know. Yeah, they limit distractions. Tom Brady, dude. Like, Tom Brady was Tom the Brady most... kills, like, social media. Like, he'll do it. He'll own you on social media after he just fucking kicked your ass. Right. And just, boom, that's how you do it. But you like, kick somebody's ass and then look exactly. at Exactly. <laughs> and he didn't start doing this until he won at least four Super Bowls. He never... Because yeah. that, 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 that Patriots way, the slogan was, do your job. Yeah. That's it. Just do your job, man. Like, Gronk... Gronk's one of the wildest dudes in the NFL, right? But he wasn't crazy until they won the Super Bowl. And then he's like, fuck it. Like, I can do what I want. I'm a champion. These guys, like, you know, these Steelers that have this swagger, this confidence. I love it. Like, I want to see my team confident. But, dude, like, yeah, you're successful. You're an NFL player. But you're also playing amongst peers who have won championships. And just see what it takes to win, dude. And these guys just... I think they're just more focused on themselves than they are about that brotherhood that, that he's talking about. Even Big Ben said it years ago, the, the band of brothers, you know, him and his O-line and everything. And it's just, it's not there. Yeah, him and his O-line going on, uh, what, WWE? <laughs> Who's laughing now? Yeah, against Jericho and Big Show. <laughs> like, you know what's so funny, though, is that year, they, they I think that was Ben's worst offensive line. And I was like, I think Jericho and Big Show could take these guys. <laughs> yeah, Ben's like stat. I remember seeing something like in 2000, Ben's stats. He, I think he had like, it was like 17 touchdowns, like 12 picks. Like just mediocre. Like I'm, that defense was historic though. I remember that. But that's what. So we're, I like a top five defense ever. Yeah. But that's how you win, man. That's how it wins. I mean, look, 2000 Ravens, you know, what? what's his face? Oh, yeah, Trent Dilford, yeah, dog just, shit. Yeah. Dog shit. He's a Super Bowl champion and Dan Marino's not. I know. I saw a thing with. We'll be jumping all over the place, but like I saw a thing with Trent Dilfer. Like I think this is how he got fired from ESPN. He, this is a quote from Trent Dilfer. He goes, "You know, the team that scores the most points usually wins the game." I'm like, "Oh god!" Like that was a observation yeah. from him. Well, he, I think he's yeah. right. Yeah, he said usually. It's like always. <laughs> usually, yeah. So <laughs> when the fuck do they lose? <laughs> like, like even what when they cheat? No, that's not true because New England cheated and they still won. So, it's just, yeah, these, yeah. these guys are idiots. And, you know, it's just a different game, man. Like, I, I love, you know, I love blue-collar football. I love hard-hitting, shit-talking, Joey Porter. Like, get yeah, the, like Smash Mouth mode. On yeah, Madden Smash from Mouth. like 2007. Yeah. You know I mean? Like, you pick, like, the type of team you want to build. You know, and, and the team hasn't been the same. I mean, it was, you know, unfortunately, one of my favorite players, A.B., you know, he had issues. He left. <laughs> a couple. A <laughs> couple issues. Lev Bell. Uh, he wanted some money. He wanted to be compensated fairly, which I think he deserved at the time. Uh, he had a really bad agent, and uh, now he's pretty much jobless. Uh, and, you know, those guys left, and then it's just like this precedent of secure your bag and worry about yourself and your well-being. And I'm all about it. Like, if I was a player, I'd probably be the same way. Yeah, there's like a big TJ Watts, like, holding out with the contract. This is his last year of his deal. And I get it. I mean, he's paid. severely yeah, underpaid. Like... He's arguably one of the – well, he's one of the best defensive players. He's not the best. Aaron Donald is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not even close. <laughs> yeah, you just see a pick of how just – Jacked yeah. he is. He's jacked. As a DN. At speed, at quick as fuck. Yeah, dude. You know? Like, one man, he has, like, 80 speed for a defensive tackle. Yeah. You're fucking people up. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's a bad dude. And, I mean, you know, it's it's interesting to see what will happen to him. But what's scary is, like, as much as I like the guy and much as I love him, he wants quarterback numbers. And it's like, dude, like, we don't, 
you got to pay him. You got to pay Minka. You know what I mean? You now Roethlisberger is going to be gone, so you're going to be in the market for a quarterback. And like the the formula yeah. to win a Super Bowl now is you have to find a quarterback on that rookie deal, that four year deal. You know, like when the Eagles won, they won with Nick Foles, but, but he was a backup. It was Carson Wentz's bullshit money, his second year money. When the Chiefs won, it was on Patrick Mahomes' second year money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jared Goff, he was in his I think his third, second or third year with the Rams. I mean that's and they didn't win, but they got there. You yeah. know what I mean? Russell Wilson, he was on that type of money. It's just to, you. Brady def- always takes a pay cut. Yeah, takes to make money. his team better. But he got like uh, supermodel wife. Pulling in what? Yeah, but he's also accumulated two hundred sixty-five million dollars without endorsements. So, like, you know, yeah, I think he's fine. Back, like, back to Brady, just like seeing them win, like again, like his first year, new team, and I I think at first, like, took a few games for them to like mesh. You got Mm -hmm. like those Tom Brady, then like down the stretch, they just kept winning and winning. You're just like. Yeah, this guy's... Oh, they're going to do it. This guy's the best to do it. He did it with a torn MCL all season. Yeah, he's the best. This guy's the best to do it. Like, you can't even hate. No, you anymore. can't. You can't and even hate anymore. Man, like, you're just like, yeah. Young me hated his guts. I couldn't stand him because he fucking broke my heart so many times. And then I'm just like, you know what? Like, I should be mad at my team. Not because he's good. Yeah. He's just great at what he does, man. And, like, this year, like, I wanted them to win. Like, I knew, like... The Steelers, 11-0. I knew that they were a fraud. I knew that they were a fraud probably halfway into that. <laughs> we, we bought it a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You almost forget. Like, you forget the 11-0. That's yeah. how fraud 11 and 0. Yeah, it was. 11-0. Yeah, it was, it was bullshit. Yeah. And I, and I told everybody, I said, that the bet of the year was when they were 11-0 and and they played the Redskins. I go, there's going to be no crowd. I go, their, D, their D-line is going to bat down so many balls. They're going to pressure Ben. They're going to get cocky. And what they did was they never... Put the foot on the gas. They they literally let Washington get back into that game. TJ Watt could have recovered a fumble, didn't recover the fumble, and ended up screwing us. Uh, we ended up losing that game. And from that point on, the wheels fell off because every team knew what we were doing. You can't run the ball, so you're throwing short, quick, short, pass. quick yeah. passes. That was we, the whole – and it wouldn't stop. Like Ben was – I some of those – I think they ran the ball like six times one game. Ben was throwing the ball like 55. Yeah. It was, ins- it was like... Well, and, and a lot of that has to do with James Conner sucks. James Conner's not an NFL professional starting running back. He's just not. He's not fast enough, and he's too weak to play how he plays. He plays power running. Yeah. That, this isn't the ACC. And that, and you know, he had like one good season, but usually like... Yeah, but that line was, was that, so Yeah, awesome. that line was insane. Yeah. There was like... Yeah, it was just everybody was like. Yeah, I mean, prime. Now the line's a bit. Yeah, this the thing about this line, we really don't know anything about it, you know. And when you play a line that you don't trust, the reason when you get rid of a ball so quick, right? So there's a misled stat. Well, Ben's never been sacked. He gets rid of the ball quick. Yeah, but what that doesn't talk about is the fact that when the offensive or when the defensive linemen are playing. They're not playing in a three-point stance because their job is not to get after Ben. They know they can't get to Ben. So what they do is the offensive line knows as soon as I they call hype, the offensive line takes steps backwards instead of engaging with them just to protect Ben just for that second. Yeah. The, the defensive line doesn't bite. They stand still. They don't even pressure Ben. They stand still and put their hands up to clear all those screens Anytime you're coming across the middle, Ben can't see because everybody's arms are up. Yeah. That's why they were batted balls. That's why receivers are dropping shit. Yeah. You know what Locking I mean? Everything. Yeah, and so like that was so predictable at the end of the season that that's why the Bengals beat the fuck out of us. That's why these teams are just like, oh, this is all they can do. And that's proof that why New England won the Super Bowl. People say like, oh, you know the playbooks. Yeah, if you know what the other team is doing... I would say Alabama, Crimson Tide. If Alabama knew uh, the Detroit Lions playbook and knew exactly what they were doing, they would beat Detroit. Just because all it takes is just to know what the other opponent's doing. The game is so mental, people don't realize it. Yeah, for sure. And just like, just with Brady, though, like with Ben doing the quick screen shit, that's like a Tom Brady thing. Ben likes to air it out, throw it out. Nobody's better all time at like no, getting but, the ball off than like Brady. But just, Tom Tom reads in a defense. 
Ben doesn't. Ben guesses. <laughs> yeah, we, we've seen it. Yeah, Ben just guesses. He goes, I think they're in a cover too. I don't know. <laughs> and so, like, when you see something like that, it's like he can adjust to it. Check the Wonderlick scores. What did Ben get? Yeah. I, I'm, I was curious about that. I don't know. But I know, like, Lamar Jackson scored a fucking eight. Or, like, an 18, which is terrible. Yeah. But he's a running back. He doesn't need to know that. Yeah, it's hot. Just like still an off, like just. Brilliant. I love him, dude, and he's so good looking. What All his Botox, guy. everything he gets done, he's just great. Seeing All Tom Brady massages. drunk, yeah, bro. Tom Brady drunk <laughs> after winning the Super Bowl, he couldn't walk, and he just. It was almost like you were going to like a marina, just seeing these like you know these white douchebaggy guys. Oh yeah, with, their, yeah, yeah, with their peach colored shirts yeah, and their like, white shorts. Go back to the house, gonna be a couple bitches there, you know. Launching trophies into the <laughs> fucking marina, like that was. <laughs> Dude, I mean, it was it was cool to see, man. I've noticed a lot of people from Pittsburgh have moved to like Tampa just on like um, seeing Instagram, like social media. Like that seems to be the move. Tampa. I think it's More kind of like affordable. Miami. Well, Miami's so expensive. Like, yeah, it's, it's just and it's like a different. And Miami's a little bit like a different country. You have to know Spanish to kind of like, pretty much get yeah. by there a lot of the time. Like Tampa's kind of like you can. Yeah, you still got to. It's white assholes with cocaine. Yeah, yeah it's just, it's that's just, what it. I like Tampa, man. Miami's a blast. Miami's one of those cities that, like, I was there with my ex-girlfriend and I. We went there for five days. We spent so much fucking money. But, like, I went during COVID, which was awesome because my hotel was a street away from the beach. Yeah. And I have a discount with Hilton. So I paid $77 a night. My flight was $98 round trip. So yeah, I, ours was yeah cheap too. I went with a couple guys. Dirt it cheap. Just, it was like thirty bucks a night for like each of us. But that then you nice yeah place. But then you go out to eat and then they fucking hammer you. Yeah. I remember like we went to this place called Sugar House and I guess that's where like all the Kardashians and all the fancy people go. And what I mean by go, Sugar House pays them a fuck ton of money to go. It's not like they go there to go there, you know. Yeah. But they have photos of all these people. So my ex was like, oh, we should go there, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> sure. So they give you this big bowl of fruity ass, whatever you want, vodka, whatever. It's a cool presentation. <laughs> they drop something in there and it smokes. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's a big fish bowl that's $46 each. And we had to have one of each. And then they put candy in it. So like there's those little, uh, you know, those uh, watermelon wedges and shit. Oh, so yeah. based off of what you get, like lemons, there's little lemon heads. Kool Aid, yeah. Whatever. So the drink is like six dollars to make, possibly, and then then after. Yeah, they're charging like fifty, sixty. Yeah. Oh, I've seen. Yeah, some of those drinks in my head ridiculous. I saw. I was like, fucking. Yeah. Give me a Corona. Like, give me a fucking Corona. You're paying for a photo shoot for Instagram. <laughs> we went when the, we went when there was like the um, national championship game. So there was just like. It was just all these gorgeous tan, like Miami people visiting. Then you, then you saw people from Ohio. Oh, you know, you know immediately. <laughs> you saw some dads yeah. from Ohio. Oh, he's like, from Sandusky, Ohio. Oh, yeah, shit, my man. Yeah, there is man. That is one thing. Like about. Alabama people, they it's and a few Alabama, just a few hard, you know. Yeah, redneck, uh, yeah. You know, but red. all those girls are blonde though. The hot ones from Alabama are blonde. Yeah, I've yeah, But man, good. Miami women. I mean, it's a whole nother game. I mean, you think somebody in Pittsburgh's hot, you take them to fucking Miami, and a, a guy who's a five doesn't want them because there's just so much to choose from. Yeah, there's just like, and there's just girls there from like, all, literally all over the world. Like, you'll be down by, there'll be like some German girls, and just everybody's like visiting and hanging out. Oh, like, yeah. What is going on? Well, there's so much money in Miami. Oh, yeah. Just funneling through. Tons of Coke money. You know, yeah. finance money. You know, and, and and as a female, if you're if you're attractive, you get into all these places for free, and they give you a bottle to bring all your friends. Dude, I remember laying. I was so offended. This was when I was back on tour, and um, I remember I was laying at at uh, South Beach, and there was a girl next to me. I was talking to her, we're bullshitting. You know what I mean? She's all tatted up. She's good looking, right? This fucking sleazy promoter goes up to her and is like, you know, you know, you and all your friends, you get like three or four of your friends to come. We'll give you a bottle, free access. It's like a hundred fifty dollar cover, like that. And like, I was, I was just so mad. I'm like, what about me, dude? Like, let can I? Can he's I have like, a bottle? Like, he's I'll, like, he's like, you, bro. Ratios. Yeah, yeah. I was like, but I'll, ratios. But God. but I'll actually touch your dick. She's not going to. Like, what do I have to do to to feel elite? You ever see? You ever see that movie? It's um, it's like Burn After Reading. 
It's no. Like George Clooney's in it. It's like a Coen Brothers movie. Uh, there's uh, John Malkovich is in it. He's like some Love C- him. he's some CIA guy. And at the beginning, the beginning of the movie is basically like John Malkovich gets fired from his position or something yeah. for incompetence, and he's just he goes full John Malkovich. He's like. Oh, really? This is what happened? What did I do? Whose ass didn't I kiss? Yeah. You know? And he just kept freaking out. Like, yeah. I love the impression. A little bit. I tried. What's your favorite John Malkovich movie? Mine is Con Air. I've seen only like a few. It'd be cliche to say being John Malkovich, but I liked him in Burn After Read. I just, just yeah. for that beginning. Yeah, yeah I sure. I him for that. Con Air, he's great. You ever see Con Air? No. Nah, Dave not. Chappelle's in it. He dies. He's a he's a criminal. Is that an early like? I know Dave Chappelle did a ton of movies like um, early on in his I'm career. Ninety like, six, yeah, like late nineties, early like two thousands, and then you know after Chappelle show, he just kind of left the yeah. game for ten years. Yeah, which is pretty sweet to just walk away. Just and then you have it. people miss you, and then you come back and it's just payday after payday. Yeah, with those Netflix specials. That's oh right. yeah, well they give he him did like it right. Three hundred mil for like four specials or something. I thought it was like twenty. Each. Uh, I don't know. 20 million, yeah. To me, anything <laughs> above 50 bucks is like 300 mil. I'm like, who do you get 300 mil for that? Like, what do you mean, his day job? Yeah, dude, 300 mil. Yeah, it's just the <laughs> the income gap in comedy, you know? It yeah. really is, though. It's like you get <laughs> 30 bucks. Yeah. Or there's, I mean, what's To that? cover the drinks that you just bought. Right? Yeah, because they don't even give you a tab. And then you have to tip. And then, you know, it's so funny that their prices go up. All their prices go up, but like... You know, the feature still gets 100 a show, the yeah. host gets 50 a show, and then the headliner gets everything. You oh, know, and it's just yeah. like, okay, like, yeah. you know, this was what you paid in the 80s. When, you know, there's inflation, it's been 30 years, and I'm still getting oh, yeah, what no. these get. It's insane, man. Now with this this COVID inflation, man. I was at a thing, like Millville Music Festival or something, and I did. Looked cool. Was it cool? Yeah, there were people there, like, moving in and out. It was good. It was a good vibe. There was a whole bar and stuff like that. The thing was, it's like, for beer, Rolling Rock, I saw that $5. I was like, what the fuck? That's a case. Wasn't that a case? Isn't it $5? That was a, 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 a six-pack a year ago. Yeah, you guys yeah. You guys left Pittsburgh. I'm, like, what I'm is not paying that. Yeah. I don't know. It's it it definitely another one. We're drinking, are we allowed to say it? My favorite beer company. I see light. I see light. Love them. Um, Love them to death. I see light, Rolling Rock. I mean, you know, we're looking. We're Pittsburgh. Guys. I'm looking for a sponsor for this. Yeah, I'm gonna keep doing it until I find one. And then that's so whoever your gets to me beer. again. Yeah, whoever gets to me first. You know, I've I've asked Rolling Rock and they just they left me on red. Did you hear what Chappelle said they about that? On, what when he because he was he did commercials for Spur, or for Coke and Pepsi, and he's like people always ask me what's my favorite. He goes. Whoever's paying me right now, he's just spoiler. It tastes the same. <laughs> no, I mean that's the big thing, man. It's uh, gotta make your money, man. Gotta make your money. I was sponsored by Icy Light years ago. I used to do that tailgating videos where I'd go to other cities and I'd fuck with the fans, and then Tell, I'd, yeah, the tailgate video. Yeah, and I'd give them a beer and I'd be like, "What do you think?" And then like most of them said I liked it, and for the ones that said I hated it, we didn't air. Yeah, you know, because nobody would say that. Come on, everybody yeah. loves Iron City beer. I mean, because the, the, the ad said so. Yeah, I mean, they would never deceive. Nobody like lies. That. Yeah, nobody know? lies. Nobody lies. Advert. Yeah, you know, tobacco industries, it's it's safe. You know what I mean? It's everything is great. Yeah, it's everything. There's money every, in a commercial. Everything's just happy, and everyone's at the beach. Everyone's at the. Pool. I just want to see me. Everyone's on a boat on a Sunday drinking yeah. mimosas. Yeah, I want to see a real McDonald's commercial where I'm just binge eating it and fucking crying. Like thirty minutes later, just like <laughs> you're smoking, you're smoking yeah, cigarettes. smoking cigarettes. What you cried about your divorce. You're just like you have to give you have to just give your kid back. Yeah, to your ex-wife. You're just like, oh fuck, I won't be able to see that. If they have real cigarette commercials about how people actually smoke cigarettes, then I think they should be allowed to do it again. Yeah, it sucks that they don't get the sponsorship anymore. It's cr- I, it's crazy how an old like old magazines, like a Time magazine or something like that, from the just the sixties. Yeah. It was nothing but sick. Right? It, the whole thing. And it was hot. It was like Marlboro Man or Hot Girl Smoking Cigs. Well, dude, look at, look at, like, if you see any photos from uh, Three River Stadium, big Marlboro signs all over the billboards. Yeah, they were. And then, like, Budweiser. Everywhere. And then Iron City had one. Iron City had one from Jason Kendall 
when he broke his leg running the first base. And then when he broke his leg, they put a big Band-Aid over it. It's a get well, Jason. <laughs> that was funny. Jason Cal, I remember, you know, like the Pirates, like, and it's over. I mean, we all know this. So they traded Frazier, you know, yeah. the, the cornerstone of the team. Right. I think, Literally just the best career. second baseman in the league. They're like, you know what? Fuck you. But it was a good trade. To get rid of him. What they got in return, not they good. They gave cash. They gave cash, too. Like here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here, here. Here, we're going to pay you to take the best position player. Go yeah, ahead. I mean, like, we all... You know what it is. what it was coming. Yeah, it's all, yeah. it's all bullshit. That fucking team does not care. It's dump, reload, dump, reload. They're a farm system. That's all they are. They're a profitable farm system. And if you don't realize it by now... Then, you know, you can go in your closet. You can look at your 17 Pirates jerseys. All of them of players who still are not on the fucking team. They've all been traded. Yeah. Or a McHenry who's Get back. A he, had one I... hit. he had one hit and now he's on, uh, you know, he's on the show. Yeah. <laughs> he's I've... like post-game commentator. Yeah, like, he... come on. I hate him when he when he talks during commentary. It is just... His segment should be sponsored by NyQuil. That fucking dude puts you to sleep. And he doesn't <laughs> stop talking. You got that, like, I've had a theory of, like, dumbest uh, professional athletes. I think it may be baseball players. Maybe. You know, it's weird to think that it's, because it's, it's, it's such a smart sport. Yeah, I'm telling It's like a hand-eye uh, kind of like a coordination. Yeah, thing but you also I've... have to think what pitch is coming, where is it going to be located, where do you think it's going to be, what the situation is. Yeah. I think baseball, you have to be really smart to play. I think... Um, Basketball, probably the fucking dumbest, right? You just you just put a fucking ball in a basket. Just get an arch. Yeah, Yeah. like if you're big, like Shaq. I mean, did Shaq? Shaq Shaq would just dunk. But he didn't have to be good at anything else. Like his free throws. He's like, no, no, no. I'm like, I'm seven foot two. Let me just stand underneath here and drop this in a fucking bucket and elbow dudes in their fucking head if they get close to me. Yeah, my favorite player too. Yeah, and. He was such a superstar, it's just like the refs, they... It's like, oh shit, that's Shaq, we ain't calling. What do you want me to do? <laughs> like, he's that big, what do you and want the, me like to do? The, the ref is five, The ref himself is like 5'9". Shaq is 7 foot. Who would get knocked out? Yeah, because Shaq... They always get like the, the weakest dudes, except Ed Hockley. Ed Hockley, bad motherfucker as an NFL ref, but every other... Ed Hockley was the GOAT. Is he still he around? Was like the, I, don't, I think no. he was an attorney when he no. wasn't... Like, was he something like that? Well, they yeah. only make like I, from what I remember. There was a there was a, a guy that uh, refed and he lived in Pittsburgh. I think they only make like a hundred ten thousand a year doing that, which is not that much money to be on a professional field. Right when there's when there's billions of dollars being transported into that league, when there's billions of dollars being involved in gambling. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's just. Crazy. I was thinking of like the most Ed Hockley for like NFL, and then like lot, those those umps. Some of those umps are big dudes. Jerry Neal's he sucks. Like, yeah. Some of those umps can fuck you up. Oh, I'm yeah. trying to think, but like I think bat- basketball and hockey kind of have like scrawnier guys, where it's just like a big ba- like yeah. a big hockey player or a big. Uh, I, I just basketball can't, just fuck them up. <laughs> I just can't get into baseball anymore, man. I've just come to the realization it's lame. Everything about it's lame. I haven't watched much this year at all. I used to watch it all the time growing Dude, up as a kid. I'm, maybe as I get old, you know, it's like an old, it's an old like old people love baseball because it was the, the slow first, pace. It was the first form of entertainment in sports. <laughs> you know, like it was like we went from we went from gladiators to some dickhead scratching his nuts and pitching a ball every forty seconds. Like how was that? Like like the, the oh my god, the bench is cleared. Yeah, dude, everybody runs out to do nothing. They just look at each other. There's just that anticipation. Like when one guy's going out, it's like, oh shit, let's do it. Like, and then it, that's, hap- like, that's and like how bored everyone's dipping shoes, so they're kind of like, yeah. You know, on like a bit of a high or whatever speed, whatever the fuck, yeah. to get them through the game, Adderall to focus. Yeah. They're like, oh shit. And they're like, wait a minute, did that guy just kick dirt on his foot before he got ejected? Come wow. on, bro. What a badass fucking manager that guy Yo, is. Come here, bro. Fuck, dude. Fuck your mother, Like, bro. fight. Like, fucking fight. Like, we paid way too much money to watch this boring shit. Punch someone in the face. Throw a helmet. I remember Ramos Ramirez fucking whipped his helmet at the pitcher. It was great. We had a Pirates had a manager. He stole a base. He took, yeah, he, he picked base it up. He just fucking <laughs> threw it. Said, thanks. And take that with me. 
We just celebrated that 20th anniversary, actually, this year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's, that's been the best moment of Pirates history. So yeah. Or not quite a drop in the ball. Dude, I was there for that. Were you there? No, nah, I watched on TV. It was so I, I won the lottery, and um, I was, at the time, I was still doing chemo, and I had chemo the night before. And so when you do chemo, you can't drink. And I was like, I gotta get fucked up for this. Like, I waited my whole life for a playoff game. Like, yeah. So my my boy used to sell weed, and he was like, I made some edibles. He's like, we'll just eat some edibles. You know, well, they all drank, but they're like, you eat some edibles, right? So I had like two beers, even though I wasn't supposed to. So I was like, fuck this. Like, I waited my whole life for this. If I die from beer, then fucking kill me, right? So my boy gives me edibles, and I've never had edibles before because I wasn't a weed person. My asthma, I don't like the lung thing. And so I, he was like, my buddy was one of those guys that would call you a coward. He peer pressured everyone. He was like, go ahead, dude, eat another one. So I ate three brownies that were four by four, like four inches by four. And, and, and they're pretty big. And like I felt nothing. But, dude, the second I walked into that stadium yeah, and the, the the music was everything, yeah. Blown. In my ear, it was just, a different vibe at a playoff game. It was everyone wearing all black, just like it's oh, crazy. It, dude. It was. It's definitely something different when it's baseball playoffs. And it's once like energy, yeah. And the edible kicked in, and all like when the bass went off in the music, all I heard was <clears throat> in my ears, and I'm like, oh fuck, this is gonna be bad. So like I'm paranoid the whole time. I'm covering my face. I'm not paying attention. They start chanting Quato, and that's when I kind of like zoned in. I was like. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that fucking guy. And then uh, Russell Martin smashed the home run. And, dude, like, I wanted to cry because that stadium, pitch black, every other fan had huge-ass pirate flags. There were no... That was ki- sexy in those. Around. It was yeah. so badass. We were so loud the Did whole time. Did they ban those from, I think, bringing those to the game? Maybe. Maybe, yeah, but just... But not, not at this time because they yeah. were just like, you know what, fucking do what you want. Do what you want. You're spending money. Nothing's happy. Right. And this yeah. was like, we deserve this. This was our moment. The best part about it was there were no fucking kids. It was literally anybody who was 21 and up that never saw their fucking team succeed. We went in there, dude. It was literally, like, and I've been to AFC Championship games. I love the Steelers. And, and you know, the Pirates are cool. But, like, I can't support them because they don't try. Yeah. Not the players, but the, you know, front office. And seeing the Steelers win the AFC Championship game was awesome, and I cried, and it was, like, crazy. But to see the Pirates win a playoff game when you never thought they'd even make it in your lifetime was the coolest thing in the world. And it's like... <laughs> it's just one game. How heartless are you as an owner to see how happy we are? And him being like, hope you liked it. Never going to win another one. Yeah. And ever since then, we never won a was fucking... It, there was, like, something with... Um... I think, like, the Penguins ownership group of, like, Mario and Ron Burkle and then, like, the Roonies or something, you know, Steelers ownership, they both, like, offered, like, you know, they asked about, like, buying the Pirate. That was, like, years ago. I think, like, mm, seven, eight years ago. Then Dunning's like, nah, not for sale. Well, when I was 18 or 19 years old, I sat next to Mark Cuban. It was like, yeah, Mark Cuban. I sat next to him at a Penguins game. And the reason why he was in town is because every year the Cleveland Cavs used to do a preseason game here. To try and like bring our fan base here, and then if it did well, they were going to give us a regular season game. Yeah. It never did well, and uh, he was, you know, it was, it was uh, Dallas Mavericks were playing them, and I asked him, I go, "Are you going to buy the team?" He's like, "Dude, he's like, I I tell everyone I want that team." He goes, "That guy will never fucking sell it." He's like, "It's a cash cow to him." He goes, "The number five in profit every year because they don't spend anything." He's never, it's a business to him. Why would he lose his most profitable business? And I was like, I don't know, because he already has enough money. Because, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, when you're, like, when you're just, like, like a billionaire at that point, it's, like, there's not, like, another endeavor. It's, like, I mean, you can literally... Dick measuring. You could literally put that money, whatever, just the value into, like, stock. You'll get a 10%, you know, you'll get, like, an 8, 9, whatever percent return every year. A billion dollars in the stock. Maybe, I don't know if you have a billion dollars cash on hand, but let's just say... Yeah. You put that in there, you're making like that's eighty million dollars coming in. Yeah, well we talked I about mean, this when we were when we were doing the uh the Powerball. Like we like you know when you're at work and you go, What am I gonna do? And I was like, dude, if I hit the Powerball, I would if you put that all in just to a money market account, you make like seventy grand a year 
in interest just sitting there. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you like you would have to be retarded to spend all of that money. Because <laughs> yeah. you're making money just sitting there. Sitting there, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just like... That's like the beauty of, you know, the free market. You know, it's always... Yep. It's always more money being printed and shit. I, cheers. Cheers. That's beer. a good sound. I love the sound. The sound of a open beer. It's the best. Mist coming I, off of it. The oh, crunch. So <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite bar in Pittsburgh? Uh, probably the one that's... I do stand up there every week, like Parkway and Keys Rocks. Is it good? Good vibes? Yeah. It's good Yeah. Time. Yeah. Never been there, cool. Man. Yeah. I'll have to come. Yeah, I like it's... lefties. Have you ever been? Never been to lefties. In the strip. Man, every... T- yeah. It is, is the best bar because it's so diverse. Uh, literally, like... And... and like there's all different types of people there. There's people is it like there. a huge bar? Like what's no. the vibe? There? So you walk in there, it looks like a smoking dive bar, but right. you don't smoke there. It's one long bar. There's a jukebox machine, uh, and I'd say it holds about eighty people. But usually there's only like fifteen people in it. By the end of your day at Lefties, if you day drink, day drinking's way better than. Night drinking. Do we agree on that? Yeah, we had a good day drinking. Yeah, yeah. day drinking. Because you keep rolling. You, you know? keep rolling. And, bro, you don't realize I time. I drove home that night. That was, yeah. That was dangerous. Well, we can get into that. But <laughs> I, felt, I felt like I was in heat. Yeah, I felt like I was a pachino uh, coked up. Like, what am I doing? Yeah, that was that was my birthday. That was my birthday. It was yeah. paced. All right? This was We paced. did. Well, I, well, so I got thrown out of the second bar. Oh, why? Do you remember that? Because I threw my fucking jersey. Oh, where at, like... The New Amsterdam. Oh, shit. In the basement, place. the bottom area, like, when you first <laughs> walk in. I had a jersey and a giant eagle bag, and I threw it, and I was a personal foul. And they were like, that guy can't drink. And I literally was sober. Like, I was not... I had three drinks before that, because I had to watch myself, because we went from NPL, and... The, oh, no, this was the third bar. We went from North Park Lounge to Walters, Walters. Yeah. then to there. And so, like, I was buzzed, but, like, I wasn't anywhere... Like, cut off, and so they just wouldn't serve me. And so, when we were about to leave, Eric couldn't finish his beer, and he handed it to me. And I was, and I, I was like, Oh, there's like a sip left. And I chugged it. She goes, I told you, you can't drink here. And I was like, Relax, bitch, we're leaving. And then the big, tall guy working is like, What did you say? I was, like, uh, I was like, What the fuck are you gonna do? Like, what are you gonna, you gonna come behind the bar and beat me up? Like, you're not gonna do shit. Uh, and then we all left, yeah. and we went, Cause, dude, it was like, I literally was completely fine. And this girl just was like, I I just think because of how we were all dressed, they're like, this guy just looks like a piece of shit. So I don't even want to deal with him. Le- yeah, She's you're, right. You're leading a rodeo character. Yeah. Now. It's just like a bunch of... Were you with me the whole time? Yeah. We, we, did, we did a few. Yeah, we were having... It was a good time. It was it was way too good of a time. It was too good of a time. I spent $780 on my own fucking birthday. <laughs> How was that, like, do I have really bad friends or do I have a drinking problem? I don't know. Probably in the middle. Probably both. In between. But it was fun. Yeah, really good chicken tenders you got. At the strip club. Yeah, strip club. Night ended at strip club, cheerleaders. Yeah, Yeah, we ended up at the... We we ended up at cheerleaders. Uh, There was only three of us at that point. Uh, It was down to the... Everybody left. Natalie left to hang out with her cousins. She never came back. Uh, Rachel and her friends slowly faded away. Yeah, it was just like... It was me, you... What was the girl... What was her name? Sarah. Yeah. Which is Rachel's friend. And so the three of us were just at the strip club. And uh, we got a bottle. He gave us a bottle. Remember that? The guy. He was was he wearing like some camo shirt? Probably. dressed like outrageous. I was like, what is... Richie, yeah. He and I dress so obnoxious (laughs) when we go in there. Yeah, he's great. He's great, and I um, I, yeah, he gave us he gave me a bottle, comped it, so I I forgot if I tipped or not. I text the next morning. I go, I usually because I usually get comped there, and so what I do is I just give a hundred dollars to the server and just say, hey, listen, like, fucking hang out with us or whatever you got to do. Um, but I remember the one thing my problem was they only gave us soda water with it, so I like cranberry. I like. Yeah. Fucking Red Bull. Yeah. I even drink it like right here. Yeah. yeah, so I just remember like drinking these to the point where I'm like, I just don't want to taste it anymore because it's just I hated the. But we drank the whole bottle, and you, how did you get home? I Ubered out. I was good. 
and then I just got in my car. I was like looking straight for it, and I was just kind of like, "Yeah, we'll do this." And then, fun fact: drove home. I don't know how I got home. You know, yeah, <laughs> not at all. I saw you. I walked outside. I saw you like leaned over. I was like, "You good, man?" He's like, "You're like, yeah." Dude, I'm I calling s- an Uber. I'm like, "You good?" You're like, "Yeah." I, I think somebody got me. I think I got an Uber. Dude, there was like one. Stri- there was like there was like this one strip right there. It was pretty hot, and she was just like, I was trying to like find like find. I think she was upstairs giving a lap dance or something like that. And then like I think it was like end of um, end of the night. You know, it was like two a.m. They closed it. I saw her walk out. She walked out to this fucking decked out, like, BMW, Mercedes Benz. Yeah. I'm like, this fucking... It's like, I have zero shot. I have, like, zero chance with you. She's driving home to, like, whatever sugar daddy pimp, like... Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, to get the real... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, that's life, too. Life is so, like, weird, you know? Oh, yeah. I, Things and outs. They deserve it, though. Any girl... They do a good job. Yeah, they biggest do. Tra- I saw somebody tweet something... This is guy on Twitter, Bill Ratchet. I don't know. He's like a meme joke. Okay. Guy. And uh, he said something where it's like, you know, every girl's just like, oh, I can do an OnlyFans or I could be a stripper. That's like, he goes, that's like me saying I could be Conor McGregor. You know what I mean? I could be like a UFC fighter yeah. or something like that. It's like, dude, they just, it's a different gear. Like, you know what I'm saying? You gotta grind. You gotta, you know, you gotta get I, people to like, like you. You gotta, get, you gotta be, you. You gotta, yeah, you gotta like be likable as a streamer. I've, I've met... You know, it's marketing, like that's all McGregor. Like he's lost, like what his last three fights. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but he's, he's still reeling in paydays. Still making yeah. more money than people on ten. Yeah, game yeah. Win people like, oh, I've won three in a row. Yeah, but no one gives cool. a fuck about. Nobody you. knows who you are. <laughs> yes, yeah, and that's just you know? the cold hard truth. It's like Vince McMahon. It's like that Vince McMahon uh, speech. He goes, "Life sucks." And then you and then die. he died. <laughs> <laughs> <That was, laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, people. So he yeah. goes, "Life sucks," and then you die. <laughs> Because <laughs> you all, he's like, you all put your time in. You all wait in line. He's like, and then I come up. Guys like me come up and cut in front of you in the line. How and you do nothing. I'm like, damn, that is. Such a great problem. True, true. Especially to true that to audience. Yeah. To wrestling fans who are just the scum of the earth. Like, wrestling fans it's in like the not, 90s it, yeah. were so trashy. <laughs> Like, think about everyone you've seen there. It was like, okay, so you're either wearing camo, NASCAR, or a Stone Cold Middle Finger t-shirt. Like, there was no... Nobody nobody wore a collared shirt at a wrestling show, ever. Yeah. Unless they, like, worked there. You know what I mean? You've never seen a guy wear a tie at a WWE event, you know? Oh, uh, just... Yeah, it was always just... It was like Hell's Angels, like, biker gangs. Like, it was uh, weird. It's yeah, weird. There's something about, like, wrestling, though. Just, like, like the promos I can watch... I was just watching a few promos like The Rock did like early 2000s. He would just say, like, you just make fun of Kane. He goes, like, Kane, he's like this fucking big red retard. He goes, like, yeah, he goes, he goes you look like an ugly hermaphrodite. Like, Rock would just say, like, whatever what, he wanted. Corporate Rock, and he wore these outrageous shirts and just oh, the shades. Dude. Oh, yeah. Every, so funny. Every, dude, he's he's the only reason why I bet Rock is like, popular. yeah. And I bet Rock nowadays, uh, he would just be, I never said, I apologize, you know. Oh, yeah. Because he's such a huge actor. You yeah, know, you can kind of applaud, but it's kind of like why we sort of like The Rock. Right. Because he just did give a fuck. He like, did not care. It doesn't matter, yeah. And it's crazy because that's the thing about, like, cancer culture. It's like, you know, there's so many people that will get canceled. But, like, if you go back and watch any WWE promo from 97 oh, it's all to just. 2000. <laughs> it's all just. These dudes would never have a fucking job again. <laughs> and that's fucked up because, dude, they're just playing a part. Yeah. They're, they're just, just being, having they're, fun. They're being a character. It's like, uh. Yeah, I remember just like going through a like watching just a ton of rock promos. And then I saw, saw a bunch of Ric Flair promos. And I'm like, now this is this I'm, is the guy. Oh, he was misogynistic. You just have like he had a perverted like yeah. the, like the title of his YouTube video is just like Ric Flair perverted promo 1987. It's like imagine watching this guy on, like a Saturday night, just all coked up. He's just like uh, yeah. talking about this is like when they bet girl wives and girlfriends at uh, wrestling yeah. matches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, like and like they never <laughs> and they never approve of it either. They just yeah. sit there like, just be like Macho <laughs> Man, please win. I don't want to suck Rick's dick. They were always just like horrified. <laughs> And it was just like Ric Flair just wouldn't stop. This guy just wouldn't stop. He would just be wearing these glass. Looks so ridiculous. He's just like, woo. He's like, when I get my hands, he just like overacted on Precious. He's like, put her in a pink negligee. Me, he goes in my fever panties. He's like, ladies. Like, do you even know what you're saying? 
You can't be the first, but you can definitely be the next. Woo! Space Mountain. Longest, oldest ride, longest line. <laughs> like, he's the fucking man. We need more of that. One like, of the comedy, just, just everything one, one just quote, needs... Just that, that one quote is better than, like, whole sets of careers. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, my whole career. Dude. I'm like, fuck this guy. Yeah, this guy literally wrote this on a bender... Yeah. In fucking Charlotte, on the North bus. Carolina. Like, oh, this is what we're saying. Yeah, we're gonna talk about pussy. Here it is. <laughs> <sighs> the, yeah, you had some of those. I think there was one where like he's just like his um ESPN uh, thirty for thirty was awesome. Oh yeah, something like about Rick Flair, and it's just he like just like bleeding like through his man. Just that was like probably his most whacked out. Well, he know. bleeds the best because of his bleached hair. <laughs> yeah, Him and Hogan, just, when they would it bleed, has that contrast, right? yeah. Because his hair would be fucking red. The whole thing was red. I, you know, my, my career is, um, I, I don't know if you can tell, but I base my character kind of off of wrestling. Well, 100% off. It's, it's, it's 90% Shawn Michaels and it's 10% Ric Flair. And like, so like, I, I know something, like Ric Flair, when he was wrestling, he paid like $6,400 for a limousine. And he would pay somebody 40 bucks a night to drive him to the events and back. And so he did this so that he had that persona that yeah. larger... He had no money. He borrowed money to do this. Yeah. This larger-than-life persona so people believed the gimmick so that it would be over. And then so, so then he would get paid even more money because, well, this guy, he has to. So... Dude, I bought a Cadillac when I couldn't afford a Cadillac. And I was like, well, I won Best Comedian three years in a row. I'm like, so I, I need a Cadillac. Like, I'm better than you. So I fucking, I, I bought a Cadillac. And, and, you know, because I believed that I was the best, they fucking, every comedy club paid for my Cadillac. I didn't struggle paying for it because I just put it out there. I'm better than you. And here's why. Yeah, and so like the, the ask. Yeah. Sometimes it's just in the ask. Dude, it is. Like, you just gotta here. play you it pull, off. You pull up. You're just Fuck like, you, yeah. You're fucking here, dude. Well, so at the it's improv, I intentionally do that. You know, there's a little gap in between Dave and Buster's and the improv. There's a there's a little area where the garbage is, and I said I'm parking my Cadillac there, and everybody knows it's mine because I have the cheetah print steering wheel, and I would put it there to let everybody know that's really my fucking car, and and then you know people that would come see me be like well he's got to be the best right like he's got that and then they just <laughs> believe they just believe it they believe the gimmick and then you know it, a, yeah, it's get, helped man get over yeah uh, just yeah like some I like wrestling for just a lot of like the promos promos are better than the matches oh, I yeah. could fucking care less about the matches some matches could be, I wa- I remember watching this one match it was rock and it was it was rock Undertaker. Kurt Angle. Okay. It's a triple threat match for, I believe, the WWE Championship. It was like Vengeance 2002, 2003. Okay. That match was pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. It's like Undertaker's just... And Kurt Angle, like, technically is just like a pro. Oh. And then it's like Rock. I mean, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was one of... To me, I was like... It was like a half... It was like a 40-minute match. I couldn't stop watching. It has like, everything, shit. It's got the athletic guy. It's got the charisma guy. And it's got the powerful guy. And that's yeah, like... Yeah, just a big fucking seven-foot... You know. Monster, yeah. It was. I mean, wrestling was great. The characters were what made it fun. Like John Cena is just a person. You know what I mean? Like Seth Rollins yeah. is a person. Brock Lesnar, like he's a beast. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. I just Seth Rollins like, had some gun, but then he had like he got injured, and it's like I think he yeah. he struggled to like retain that coming well, back. What they don't put him out or something. It's, what he's doing now is great. My whole point is like I just don't like the names. You know what I mean? Like I liked like a fucking clown. I liked gimmicks. Like, oh, there's a fucking garbage man that's going to fight somebody. Or there's a dentist. There's just, like, random characters. To me, it was just funny because it was, like... It was just easier to, like, not like them because of how fucking corny they were. (laughs) Like, if you look at the gimmicks of the characters, they were either for children or for you to fucking hate their guts because they were so stupid and shitty. And I think it's just... I don't know. It's just more... Wrestling knows that it's not real anymore. You know what I mean? They know yeah. that it's yeah, scripted. And yeah. so they're like, hey, guess what? We know, so let's make it as unscripted as possible. And then they bring in real life. Like The Usos, one of the guys just got a DUI. And Roman Reigns shit on him for getting a DUI the next week on SmackDown. Yeah, And Vince rewarded them by giving him 
the tag team titles after getting a DUI. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> it's just like, you're just like, fuck it, dude. <laughs> yeah, I think they're selling, though. Who are they going to sell to? I don't know. I mean, they, they sold like the whole WWE Network to Peacock for $500 million, which I think is not that much money for that whole catalog. If you look at how Peacock is set up, it's terrible. Like, it's impossible to find what you want. It's very shitty. The network was fucking amazing. But they got the money. They're cutting people. Bray Wyatt, their most over wrestler, gone. Cut him. Uh, Braun Strowman got rid of him. Ruby Riot, you know. The, the list goes on and on and on. And I think they're just trying to show their numbers for the stocks and be like, hey, look, look, here's all our margins. Just keep going up and up and up. And it's not like anybody who's educated watches wrestling so these white collar dudes are just going to look at numbers and not realize why is it more profitable who are you cutting what are your expenses I just love how um, with wrestling like I think the headquarters is in Connecticut I believe I was there yeah Stanford yeah Stanford Connecticut and that's like Connecticut just gives off the vibe as like the most like oh we're (laughs) meanwhile it's like we're the headquarters of like pro wrestling and Jerry fucking Springer Springer Maury Steve Wilkos it's like Connecticut I've driven through that state to go to Massachusetts the cities suck yeah, it's unreal how bad like the city just trashed the, out the cities are. It's like it's when you go out. Like, yeah, Stanford by the shore or like out. Yeah, but Stanford is money, money raised from white trash, but white trash aren't allowed in there, which is hysterical. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's something else. Like they got, well, there's a guy from Pittsburgh, like another wrestler from Pitt, Elias. What happened to? Yeah, he kind of had a thing. He like he was guitar, he was hot. Dude, people getting, liked him. Yeah, it was getting a bit over. I saw he had like a shtick, and then I and guess then they just, just he jobs now. He just jobs and gets his ass beat every week, or he's like a fucking character, like a funny oh, let's break like, a guitar over his head. You yeah, know? He's just just, like, he's got, yeah, turn him into a clown. Well, he's a Pittsburgh guy, right? Pittsburgh guy. Yeah, he actually used to uh, wrestle for my buddy's company, VOW. He's actually a really good dude. Uh, he would. He's he's one of the guys that get it. Like there's the thing about some of these independent wrestlers is they they just want to wrestle they just want to do their thing but they don't take time like he would wait like when the matches were over he'd sweep up clean up you know when other wrestlers were leaving he would give out flyers you know the week of week before at other events and promo himself he he put in the work man it's not it's not just about being in the ring it's it's about investing in yourself and and saying hey this is wh- how much i care about this yeah before during after like, yeah uh, yeah it's a whole process like with anything the guy yeah. learned fucking guitar did everything for this fucking gimmick i mean the guy is amazing the funny thing about elias is i know elias is somebody in elias's family and said he's very socially awkward he doesn't talk yeah. Really, like he's shy, yeah. and so he was asking pointers about how to be more confident. And if you look at his character, he looks arrogant as fuck. Like he's always been the center of attention. So it's just like guys like that that are willing to step their, you know, yeah. out their boundaries. Like for example, uh, I'll bring up one of my friends, uh, Britt Baker, AEW Women's Champion. Uh, she's people always ask, "Are you really a dentist?" Yeah, she's a dentist. She's she still practices two three days a week. She would, while practice, like going to dental school, she would leave, drive to Cleveland, train for two hours, come back, and do that every single day. While knowing she's already going to have a job that's going to pay her a fuck ton of money. She's chasing this dream. And now she's the top in her business, and she's a dentist. And so it's like, when you look at that, like as a comedian, right? Like you look at like what we do and like, all right, well, I don't feel like writing today or like, all right, maybe let's not go to a mic. It's like, yeah, it makes me feel like a piece of shit, (laughs) right? Because you see like, Like I just said, right? Like I've been doing something just like past two weeks, really been like getting up at like five o'clock, you know, like in the morning because I'm not like a morning geared as like a morning person. Yeah. But I'm just, I like, I hate it, but it's like. It's a nice chat and it's a great feeling waking up early. You got the whole fucking day. Getting something done. Going, like I go work out, come back, start work. Now I need to figure out a way, like, I have to take like a half hour or something to sit, read some shit and like try to write yeah, joke and like put that in there instead of just doing the same fucking shit all it's, the time. It's just, it's contagious, man. And, I, and It's hard to find like a good show. Oh, it <laughs> is, man. <laughs> I mean, that's why I got the same act for fucking 13 years, man. <laughs> 
But it's it is. I will say that like just watching somebody do that, and like I knew Britt before she was anything. She was yeah. just cleaning up the rings. You know what I mean? wasn't popular. wasn't really anything. And so and and then you know you see her, and so I've seen what it takes. Yeah. So I see that it's not like she didn't just get lucky. You know what I mean? She just yeah, you know the, the right work, people. Yeah, you, yeah, you put the work in for him. People like people notice shit like that. Yeah, the little details. Yeah, yeah. And so and I, I just and that, that I think seeing that and like I have a lot of friends that are really successful that that when I met were getting there and I've met people that are there and it's just they all say the same thing: just outwork everybody, just outwork them, dude. Just don't fucking stop. And even when you get a little bit of success, you celebrate and then you fucking yeah, go back to work. Keep, yeah, you gotta keep pushing. Because yeah, you always have to follows. find a way to evolve. Yeah, I've read, I've like read that like a lot of guys just, I know like with, again like the theme for the past twenty minutes been wrestling, but there's like a lot of like just points true to life. They like see guys like Cena, Rock. They wake up at five a.m. start their days, work yeah. out. Yeah. You know, go to go to the set or whatever. And these are guys that had nothing. Yeah, they put work. Yeah, Rock was seven bucks, and then Cena yeah. he's from like. Massachusetts, yeah, like West white Newberry, trash, yeah, yeah, some white trash, like shithole, suburb, yeah, like, yeah, and they just, yeah, I think, I think Cena was like a bouncer or something, like doormat, something yeah. like that, yeah, yeah, and they just Scott Hall was Scott Hall was a bouncer at a strip club, killed a guy, <laughs> literally killed a fucking guy, you yeah. know, took his gun and shot him, and you know, oh, NWO guys are pretty, uh, <clears throat> yeah, cool as fuck, badass. Yeah. So I mean, like that's the thing, and I'm not trying to be inspirational or preachy because I'm nobody, I haven't accomplished shit. But, but I just know that the reason why I haven't accomplished it is because I have not done the work yet. Yeah. And when that work comes, you know, when we do that work, we're going to fucking be in those positions. Yeah. I strongly believe that, man. Yeah, just noticing that from the, like, just doing comedy and stuff like that, doing all kinds of shows every yeah. the past 13 years. Just noticing people doing the work and go up. And, you see. Yeah, you see and see You what see. Happens. And there's people that, that, get, that get lucky. Yeah, and that's gonna happen. But you you just gotta remember, like everybody's path is different. There's no right way to do it. You just fucking keep yeah. working, and so we'll get there. Yeah, I've heard that a few times from like other guys. It's just everybody different paths. Yeah, dude. It All it takes different. is one viral video. Yeah, or some shit. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I I went I was on Good Morning America for a Stone Cold Stunner video at yeah. leaving the Improv. I've been doing stand up for eight years prior to that, and I do one stupid fucking move for my friends, and that's what made it. And it was cool when I was like, yeah, oh, it's weird so seeing cool. like it's weird seeing the things that hit and then the things that like yeah, that's like an interesting thing when you throw that out there in social media. It's yeah, just, like that's what hits. Right? That's it. Like, <laughs> not, like not the the fucking hours I spend <laughs> all this other, yeah, all this just flicking off a guy and fucking pouring beer on my throat. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well that's what you want, then that's what I'll be. Yeah, you know? which probably brings me like just to the last point because we got like we got to an hour, so that's around the time we do the job and. um just like, why'd you get into, you know, what got you into comedy? What got you into entertainment? Um, so, when I was younger, uh, I, I really watched uh, Tom Green. And, I, I mean, the guy just had me laughing nonstop. And he just, his pranks, everything, the way that he would make things uncomfortable and awkward and make, make them the butt of the joke, but he was also uncomfortable with it. I was like, I just want to do that. Like, I just want to, yeah. so I bought a camera. I got a camera for Christmas. I wanted to be just like this dude. And uh, <clears throat> I, you know, I would make my own sketches, do my own things. And when I got to high school, I just realized school wasn't for me. I wasn't stupid. Like, I, I tested out higher than, like, I think, like, 90% of my class. But, like, I didn't care. I didn't, I didn't, I knew I didn't want to do this. I came from a family with no money, so I wasn't going to pay for college. Like, my parents made enough money to where I wasn't getting grants, Right. Yeah, it's always, it's always that sweet spot. Yeah, that. Right. So I was like, well, you know what? Fuck this. I'm not even going to go. I, I took a year off. I went to CCAC uh, to take the test. And I just remember sitting in that room with a bunch of people going, I'm going to have to fucking do this for four more years. I was like, fuck this. And I just was like, I always wanted to do stand-up. I put my own show together at an Italian restaurant. My mom managed. Sold it out. Thought I crushed. And I did, because it was only friends and family. Did an open mic at the Improv two weeks later. Ate a dick. Realized <laughs> yeah. it was really hard. And full circle, four years ago, I got to open up for Tom Green. And so for me, I told him my story. And, 
and you know his cancer battles, my cancer battles, and and you know we still we don't have a strong relationship, but like you know we we're acquaintances. And that's, like, yeah, that's like some that's like <clears throat> some where it just like it hits you know like hits home. Yeah, you know, it's just oh I influence this guy, you know I can't you know it's just everything comes full circle. You know, it's yeah, like a nice it's a nice it, moment. It's from, like, like from all the joking around bullshit. Yeah, that usually people do. And it's like it's like I can I can. You know, I want to accomplish more. I'm very driven and motivated. But if you would have told me at 10 years old, hey, listen, one day you're going to open up for Tom Green. Is that enough for you? I'm like, absolutely. So because I'm in that mindset of like outwork everybody, be be better and, and, and work harder, you know, I don't feel that way. But when it is over and I have time to look at everything that's happened, that's enough yeah. for me, you know. Cool. It's nice. It's a nice closer. Yeah, man. Inspirational closer, and that's that's a podcast, people. You know, Matt Light breaking it down. Sports, Athletes. wrestling, beer, jokes, beer, chicken fingers from the strip club. Oh, actually, <laughs> that's like the move, dude. Like, yeah. I just think it's a funny thing to ask. Oh yeah, I'm so good. Mac and cheese. Yeah, he asked for <laughs> mac and cheese six yeah. times. I'm like, you got mac and they're like, no, you idiot. I'm like, Matt. Uh, you know, it, it's just something, it just sounds so gross. To her. It just sounds so disgusting for a strip club. <laughs> you know, like why would you get that? Yeah. What do you think the cook looks like that would make that for you? They're actually chefs. They're crazy. What the strippers? At, no, the chefs. No. Are just strippers. No. No. The fucking the the guys that cook there are like, dude, they have a fucking bomb menu. Cheerleaders, check them out. Don't go there for dinner, but with a date. <laughs> but like, if you want to a night out with the boys, you want some decent food, dude. Good entertainment. Not even kidding, dude. Yeah. It's the place, man. I right. mentioned me. All right, shout. That's Matt Light, and uh, we'll be doing another one of these soon. Uh, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks it's for good having talk. me, man. Yeah, crushing some beers and chatting. Peace. <laughs>